Hey everyone, this is Tony, Dungeon Master for D&D Raw, and before we begin, I wanted to give a special shout out to our latest Patreon supporter. So thank you so much, Jeremy, for your support, and as you know, we really appreciate all of the help we receive. If you're also looking to support the show, check us out at patreon.com slash dndraw, as every little bit helps us keep this show going. Don't forget as well that you can always get in touch with us through our Discord channel. Links will be posted in the show notes, so please come by and say hi. Second, we want to thank everyone who joined us for our stream on Twitch last week. We had a blast playing a one-shot with the Dark Matter Supplement, provided by Mage Hand Press. If you enjoyed watching or like the idea of D&D in space, you should check out their Kickstarter. There are six days still left to back. Lastly, going forward, join us at the end of the episode as we highlight Plus One Pen of Smiting, one of the talented members of the tabletop role-playing community, and how you can support them on Patreon. Anyway, on to the show. With me today are the following players. Hey, I'm Tony, Dungeon Master for D&D Raw, and with me today are the following players. Hi, this is Bethany, and I will be playing Belinda Walsingham, the Half-Elf Awakened Mystic. Hi, I'm Adam, and I will be playing Akiva Khonshu, the Shadar Kai Hexblade Warlock. Hi, I'm Giuseppe, and I'll be playing Valen Blackwater, a monk paladin. Hi, I'm Michael, and I will be playing Scriv Whitecliff, the human mastermind rogue. Last time. Scriv and Belinda arrived in the town of Astonbrook so that Scriv could play a friend of his father's, Elizabeth Cornwallis, in a game of cataclysm. Meanwhile, Akiva and Valen were arriving in the town of Astonbrook, having heard of a job opportunity but managed to deal with some bandits along the way. As the two pairs were given the chance to meet, Elizabeth informed them all that there was a cleric coming into the port city of Amaron, who claimed to have important information. They were to go to Amaran, collect the cleric, and bring back the information. After some haggling over the terms of the job, the party agreed to work together and made preparations to set out the next day. So, you guys have been traveling for the past 10 days on the road on your way to Amaran. The road is pretty quiet. You know there have been beasts that have been seen in the area. There have been the occasional word of undead uh, as you've been traveling. And it's a couple days after you leave Aspenbrook that you leave what is known as the border of the Empire. Before you leave the Empire, however, Belinda, I know there was something you wanted to do for your first day out of Aspenbrook. Well, I wanted to use my ability that lets me place my psionic sensor that you and I talked about. Okay. For that, then roll a, just a straight D20. 15. Okay. That was the one. Okay. Awesome. So this is something I can do that I've talked about with Mike. As we were playing our fascinating game of Cataclysm with Elizabeth. In preparation for that, I went ahead and placed a small psionic sensor in one of Scriv's pieces in the hopes that that would be the one that she would take at the end of the game for the exchange, which is a a common practice. Apparently I was successful. So uh, I'd like to check in and see where that sensor is and see what what I could pick up from the surroundings of, of the sensor. I'll do it the, the day following. What was the actual name of the ability? Psionic Investigation. This is the second ability from it. It's also worth noting that Scrib has absolutely no idea. Scrib has no idea. This is a thing that, that Belinda just quietly does because, you know, you might get some additional information about, I don't know, what other people are doing. 
She's just been helping me maintain my pieces and making nice, quiet conversation after yeah. dinner. Yeah, you gotta, gotta keep your, your set in nice shape, because obviously these are things you've been working hard to acquire, all these various pieces from around the, the world in our travels. Well, most of this set is actually from home. My mom made them before we left, so. What are they made out of? Really nice hardwood from the forests that we were at around the ruins of Silverkeep. So we managed to get some nice hardwood, and she took some time to carve it before we left. It was a nice goodbye present. Aww. Yeah. So if this is the first night, as you're focusing and getting a sense of the object, you do learn, as you're hitting closer to the, the 24 hours that you have for this ability, you learn that it is roughly three days travel west of you. As you kind of perceive from the object's perspective, you do only, like, see leather. Mm-hmm. You get the feeling it's in a bag or a pack of some sort. As you focus on it for a time, you don't see anything else. Okay. But three days travel west of us? Yes. You guys have been traveling east. You were traveling for a day. It's roughly three days travel. Okay. Wow. So you get the impression she is not in Aspenbrook right now. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Yep. Just for a sense of everything, Aspenbrook is far to the east of Orenthal and far to the west of Amaron kind of a, almost a halfway point between the two. All right. Is there anything else you would like to do? Well, I could also check out the piece that on the one we received from her. Okay. I have to stare at it for 10 minutes, by the way. <laughs> so Scream Sc- Sc- is going to be a little weird. She's like, can I see that piece that you got from Elizabeth? <laughs> Are you sure you would do that rather than wait until Scrib was busy sparring? No, she's not going to go raid Scrib's set without him knowing. Okay. No, she'd ask just to study it, because it obviously is different from yours and interesting. Yeah, he'd be happy that someone else was taking interest in the game. I mean, aside from Akiva. <laughs> it's so fascinating, though. <laughs> so it yeah. is a very plain piece. Uh, seems to be made of a uh, dark wood. You gain a mental image from the object's point of view, showing the last creature to hold the object within the past 24 hours. Mm-hmm. So technically, you see Scriv. Okay. I was curious if that's how As that he was work. the last creature to hold it within the past 24 hours. Okay, but I don't learn anything else from my study. I would say no. Basically, you okay. do get the sense of that she had it, but it seems like this was the first time she has used it in quite a while. Okay, interesting. Thank you. No problem. All right. Well, as you were made aware, it would take you all 10 days to reach Amran. So, as you guys have been traveling for these 10 days... What are some of your morning rituals? What is uh, the normal thing you do when you get up? So first thing in the morning, Belinda, as a responsible citizen of the world, spends a little bit of time in contemplation, sort of processing what she's planning to do for the day and mentally, you know, clearing her mind. Something Giuseppe and I talked about is that would be along the lines of what our characters would probably both do is a little bit of meditation. Contemplation, meditation, it's all basically the yeah. same. She calls it contemplation, mostly because normally she'd be praying to her deity. She does that a little bit, but since there's a lack of response, it's getting briefer uh, each morning because it's a little hard to send your prayers out into the void. And from there, I think she would just prepare to face the day. So I don't think she's a cook. She's not really going to do anything like that to prepare food for anybody, but she would help pack up and probably have a, a list of things that need to be taken care of and check those off and generally kind of straightforward, quiet in the morning. Okay, well, since you would be doing some meditation or contemplation, Valen, what's your typical morning routine? Simply due to his background, a lot of monastic training and then a lot of soldiering. He wakes up very, very early. Minimum amount of actual sleep done. I think that's six hours. 
gets up, washes his face, begins stretching. A little bit of light. Kata's working himself out. Gotta make sure he's fresh for the day. And then, normally about a half hour of the, again, quiet meditation, as discussed with Belinda, mm -hmm. followed by finally sitting down to actually prepare some food. And since I do cook... Yes, thank goodness. I imagine I would end up preparing food for everyone, because it's very simple to scale food up. Just little things here and there. A lot of uh, griddle cakes, you know, slap a piece of metal over some heat and throw some batter down. But it works. All right. And for one of your traveling companions, the interesting Shadarkai Akiva, what is your normal routine in the morning? I would probably wake up every morning, just whenever, just so happens to wake up. <laughs> probably when I wake you up with food. Yeah, yeah usually <laughs> when I start smelling food. Kind of just roll out of bed, take a moment, just kind of wouldn't consider it contemplate my weapon, more just like, uh, I don't even know how to describe it. Polish it, keep it dark and terrifying. Yeah, just kind of look it over, make sure it's in tip top shape. Whisper sweet nothings to it? <laughs> no, I don't whisper sweet nothings to it. I just make sure it's in tip top shape. I also kind of just, I, not, I don't know, con contemplate's the only word that's coming to mind, but I guess kind of wonder where it's coming from, but also realize that this is what I channel my power through and then after that i probably go and feed and pet lazarus for a little bit and then eat food does lazarus require feeding tony nobody's so cute i love him <laughs> lazarus will eat but it seems more just like the enjoyment of it than actual necessity <laughs> he's my little buddy like most of us. Adam, I like the idea that your character is like actually asking questions of your weapon. Like you have a list like, so are you from this deity? No? Okay, crosses <laughs> off question. <laughs> Goes to the next question. <laughs> no answers. Because yeah. I, I don't know where it comes from and I don't get any messages from it. So I'm mostly just left in the dark to be like, all right, uh, you, no. Okay, <laughs> next. <laughs> well, yeah, that's basically my morning routine. Okay, and then that leaves us with Scriv. Wake up. Probably a little later than Valen, but a little bit earlier than Belinda. Mm -hmm. I focused a lot on doing my own morning routines, just exercises and the like from my time in the monastery. But I guess when I see Valen also doing his warm-ups, I'd probably just want to watch and compare my style with his style. Sparring buddies, sparring <laughs> buddies. I mean, would... Valen reach out and invite Scriv? Oh, absolutely. It's much more effective than sitting there shadow boxing effectively. <laughs> then yeah. Then I guess after a couple of days of observation, Valen notices that Scriv's watching and invites him along to spark. Seems like a polite amount of time to wait. Alright. Don't want to rush it. Well, yeah. And I would be splitting my attention between watching his katas and my little prayer wheel that I got from my family. Meditating on the adages of Adar. And then once all that's done, I would help out just around the campsite, cleaning up, securing everything. When it was just me and Belinda, I would set out rations and make sure that the campsite was set up and taken care of. So, Yeah, I kind of do the same thing, especially because we know that Akiva is a late sleeper, so we try to get stuff done <laughs> so that once he's up and moving, we can actually get on the road. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And he wakes up bright and chipper. He just, oh, he's ready to go. I'm sure. <laughs> he's that person in the morning. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Bright and bushy-tailed. So the funny thing is, Akiva, as an elf, even a Shadar Kai, you don't actually sleep. You go into a trance. Oh, yeah, that's true. Isn't that optional? <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, Akiva might actually sleep. I love the idea that Akiva's like, what is sleep? <laughs> he, like, loves what? to sleep. This is great. It's so interesting. <laughs> it's so material play, this crazy sleep thing. <laughs> but the thing is, you tend to be fully aware of what's going on around you still. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just trying to experience the material... <laughs> The material lifestyle by sleeping. Yeah, you choose to wake up when you initially smell food rather than needing to wake up earlier. Yeah. Yeah. This also checks out. Yes. (laughs) As long as everyone thinks I'm sleeping, I don't need to do any work. Yeah, basically. (laughs) It's not even that. I'm just trying to experience the, the, the mentality of a sleeper. Yeah, we gotta make sure Kiva doesn't turn into teenage Groot. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so days have been pretty nice overall. Fairly windy, a little bit colder than you're used to around this time. It is spring, but pleasant overall. Sun shining out. Each night as you get set to make camp or as you reach like the town of Faravel and get a chance to rest for a bit, what sort of things would you be doing as you prepare for the evening? First, set out the campsite, make sure that the grounds are clear set out a clear area for the fire, make sure the tents are set up. Once all that drudgery is taken care of, I'd probably sit down with a cataclysm board and just run through a couple of puzzles. Okay. How about you, Akiva? Well, I don't have that many responsibilities. Maybe um, I would actually set up, because I'm not an idiot. I know it's possible for there to be raids in the night. I would actually maybe set up a decoy with my silent image, just kind of off to the side of the camp, like a little bit of ways, so that if anybody comes by, they see that instead of us first, so we get a little bit of a warning. Then after that, I would maybe sit down with Scriv and watch and wonder as he does his thing, and then maybe want to participate one or two times. Yeah, I would be more than happy to just invite you to learn how to play the game. Because it's, it, it's very fascinating, and I've never seen anything like it, and I just want to learn. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, other than that. Just overall, between uh, both Scriv and Akiva, roll intelligence checks. Oh, my favorite. <laughs> it's not anything bad. It's just see how well are you grasping this game. Do I add proficiency? Uh, you can add proficiency. Akiva, it's straight intelligence. And this is for teaching and learning? Yep. Eventually, Akiva will get good enough to cheat. <laughs> I might already be there. All right, Akiva, what'd you roll? 19 plus 1. Ooh. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> He's a quick study. <laughs> Scriv? What'd you yep, want? I got an 18. <laughs> <laughs> well, to be fair, you do have 300 years of like playing whatever games you do in the Shadowfell, which is probably rolling actual skulls and bones or something. <laughs> <laughs> so can I have advantage because I obviously cheat? <laughs> you cheat? The thing is, the way Cataclysm normally works, you draw your tiles from a bag, but once you get to a high enough level, everyone just has a basic proficiency to magically draw the piece that you need at that time to set it onto the board. You mean they believe in the heart of the tiles? Or you just have really good sleight of hand and cheat. Never would have thought it a script. I'll say since you're actually just teaching him, <laughs> no, Probably it not. would just be 18. Yeah so, yeah, so hey, as long as he learns, cool. Eventually I will start cheating. So as you're kind of showing him the game over time, Akiva's picking it up very quickly. You could still easily beat him in any game, but he's starting to learn the maneuvers and getting a sense of how to play. Cool. How long until I can start teaching him gambits? I'd say, let's see, you guys are on the road for 10 days. If you're teaching him every night, you can pro- you would probably just be starting to to learn like uh, opening gambits by the last night. Alright, cool. 
So we had progress. Yes. <laughs> All right. Then I guess that brings us to Valen. Man, second verse, same as the first, because I feel like it would probably end up playing in reverse at night. Eventually, probably about halfway through, I imagine I would be able to just collect everyone's rations and add them to a pot and start, like, boiling some of the jerky down and making something edible out of it mm -hmm. so I don't have to just keep using my food. <laughs> Say, give it about half the trip for everyone to just accept that, yes, I can cook and their food is safe in my hands. Then follow that up again with just evening stretches, maybe a little bit of sparring at this point with a Scriv, who, again, is watching me very creepily when he's not playing <laughs> Cataclysm. Uh, can I, in the midst of teaching Akiva, ask Valen questions about his style and make suggestions? Oh, that, see, that, that, that sounds very Scriv, and I love that. Yes. Yes, you can. Okay. Yeah, and then a little bit more quiet contemplation, prepare myself for bed, go to bed at a somewhat decent hour, that way I can wake up again, racing the sun the next morning. All right, and then that just leaves Belinda. Generally, Belinda would spend her evening, uh, some bit of time in contemplation, processing, a little bit of prayer, but primarily she spends her hours uh, writing letters which she plans to dispatch once she arrives in Amaran. So these would be to friends, family, and uh, academics she knows who are at their temples or uh, research centers around the country, just sort of keeping them up to date on what she's learned and asking questions about what's going on, just staying in touch with the world. All right. Is there anything else anyone would like to be doing in the evening then, or...? Would that be your normal evening routines? Yep. That basically covers it. Uh, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. A lot of sparring with Scriv because someone will finally actually spar with me and I'm horrendously out of practice. <laughs> I'm sorry. Sparring <laughs> I'll get to learn well, a little bit of a new style. To be fair to you, Akiva, you don't necessarily fight so much as somehow will your weapon to swing. Yeah. And it does. And that's not particularly useful to learn how to fight against and I can't exactly coach you on how to better ask your sword to kill things for you. <laughs> yeah. As you guys have been traveling, what sort of things would you have been talking about to each other? Are you going to adjust the big pale elephant in the room? The fact that you're a Shadar guy? Yeah. Who did you come to watch die? <laughs> oh, just like that? You're oh, yeah. Of... Oh, Death okay. elf. Death elf. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, while yes, my people normally only come to the material plane to witness the death of someone important uh, I am a different case I've been in the material because they usually come here, witness the death and return. I've been here for oh, was it about a year and a half now Balin? Mm, we've been together for about a year and a half yeah. and you said you were in that little halfling village for a month uh, or yeah, two before that two. so yeah. So I've, I've actually been here for quite a while. I was uh, banished What for? Oh, um, well, my people believe well, we worship the god of death, Nezalem, as of you would expect with us have going out and witnessing important people's death. But my people are very one-minded. They only believe in following Nezalem and that he's the only source of power that you should ever attribute to. I was banished because during a particularly bad raid by the uh, Darakul, we were going to lose, and I, I went and used the power that we were told not to use, but I wanted to save everybody so i went took the power and saved our people but they didn't appreciate it and banished me can i give you some advice yeah don't tell people this 
<laughs> Why? I'm not in a position to judge you, but most people will. Okay. What for? Well, I have to say, your appearance is a little unsettling for most people. Yeah. But more so, I think telling people that you worship the god of death is probably a little concerning. But even more even so, though. if the people that worship the god of death banished you. Do you see where I'm going with this? But none of anything I've said is evil. No. Or wrong. No, I, I, I'm not saying it is. I'm saying the perception will probably be negative. And I'll kind of look to Vale and be like, perception? Perception's important. Akiva. Yes. You, you have the mask. You've got great personality. You've got me to help distract <laughs> from the entire complexion you've got going on. Because I draw the eye. <laughs> I think you're going to be fine. Okay. Thank you. Cool. We're going to get through this, man. Yeah. And Valen's been a great help with helping me adjust to the material plane. Because there's a lot I don't know. Yeah, it's a complex world here, I'm sure, like yours. Yeah. Mine's very different from here. We'll jump then to Valen. Yeah, so as I've got Scriv on the ground, I'll just look down on him. Your eyes, Scriv, are really, really good. Your arms are not. Yeah... That's... And you're really favoring your left side. Why is that? I look kind of nervous. Just took a really big hit a little while ago, and I'm still recovering. So Has it been looked at? Some. I mean, my dad healed it as best he could, and we're just kind of letting nature take over. All right, fair enough then. As long as that's the only reason. Well, then... Basically, we need to get you into a position where you can follow up on the things you're seeing because I'm leaving some openings and you're finding them very quickly. You're remarkably perceptive. And I think if you were willing to skewer me with that stick of yours, you could put some real hurt on me. But you're not keeping up in speed. And I think if we just focused on, one, healing up your side and maybe letting you have that shield that you keep by your bag, Mm. uh, and two, putting a little more precision on those strikes, you could be... Very, very good. Especially for your age. Well, I'm used to usually having someone work alongside me so that I can try and take advantage of those openings. And that helps make up for, well, and I kind of motion my side. In fact, I'm not as fast. You spend a lot of time watching. I reckon you've completely picked apart the way I've been fighting. So you healed up, especially with someone at your back. You'd be good. You'd be very good. And it's comforting that at least one of you will be able to stand up and fight if we're attacked. I'm not at all certain how Belinda defends herself. She's a special case. She does take care of herself. I just don't ask too much about it. I I don't doubt it. I mean, she was scouted for a job like this, but until I understand how someone can actually help keep me alive, I don't like to rely on it. Well, I just kind of push myself up. Let's keep on going then. All right. Okay, then let's jump over to uh, Kiva. We need to jump into Akiva and Scriv playing Cataclysm. Yeah, so you're playing Cataclysm. Yeah. Cheat. Counter cheat. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess it's just before dinner, we've already set up camp, and we're just sitting over the pieces again, and I am I have a Perrin alongside uh, an assassin, and just describing to them. So, again, these are effectively the same piece. They move in the same way, 
It's just that they're on opposite sides. Okay. So then what would be the purpose of having both of these pieces? Why do they do the same thing but on the same side? I don't quite understand the purpose of that. Well, yeah. On the one side, you have the Empire, which is, okay. you know, the, the heroes, Perrin, Gerdis, Grimm, Barracks, mm-hmm. and I'm motioning to each of the individual pieces. Those. Okay. And then on the other side, and I motion to the darker tiles, these are the draconic side. You have your Dragonborn, your Darkul, your Nalzion, your Assassin, and your Zenath. So the idea is that they're both using their own resources against each other. Okay. And, I mean, obviously things are different in Cataclysm than they were in actual history. It's not like the heroes had the upper hand or the, the draconic side was dealing with the fewer resources than we have here. But wouldn't it be a very fair game if, you know, one side was overwhelmingly powerful? Makes sense. So it's not so much a historic reenactment as it is just you have all these resources and you're kind of playing it out to how it could have gone. Yeah, pretty much. Okay. If you it, All things being equal and each side has its match. Who would, who would be able to either take the Zenith or stop the Thoven? Okay. Makes sense. Uh, as Blinda, can I lead over to Akiva and say, do you know what propaganda is? No. Just asking. I frown a bit and just... I mean, it's different than just propaganda. It's a very good game. There's a lot of parallels between the things we have to deal with now and the things that, well, the game covers. It does seem really fun. <laughs> it is, it's also really fun. And I just share a grin with, with Akiva. Akiva, roll a history check for me. Oh, boy. 20. Okay. You actually do recognize the name Thoven. Okay. You recognize the name Nalzion is the leader of the Darakul. Oh. And you recall during your lifetime a massive attack against the Darakul about 150 to 152 years ago sometime in the Shadowfell. Okay, yeah. I actually, I'm starting to remember the name Thoven was thrown around a couple times and then this leader of the Darakul over here, uh, we actually, there was an attack that was launched against him a couple, about a century and a half ago. And then the attacks on our village seemed to die down a little bit. So we weren't sure what exactly happened. I guess... The events of this kind of line up with that. Mm. I look a little bit uncomfortable. I guess it's not quite history just yet. If you're still remembering bits and pieces of it. Well, I mean, I'm also about 300 years old, so... <laughs> I have a different, a little bit different perspective on how time spans. How does that make you feel? Just having this much time in between then and now? I mean... I wasn't the happiest when I was living in the Shadowfell. There was never really a lot going on for me, especially since I, would, I was already a bit of an outsider even before I was banished, due to the demeanor I have and the, the way I worship our god instead of the way that everybody else worships uh, our god. But I'm, I don't know, I'm, I'm more happy now because I am actually experiencing new things because I was never allowed out of the Shadowfell. I didn't I think I've heard Valen. I didn't fit the mold. Was 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 how we put it? Yeah, I was very different. 
but I, I'm having a lot of fun with experiencing everything new here. Valen's been great with, with showing me all these new things and explaining what they do. And yeah, there's some things I have to work on. Uh, like, I he, he's taught me when we are haggling over a job, be quiet. <laughs> yeah. The world is a wonderful place and worth fighting for. And I just yes. kind of fiddle around with the parent piece. It's really pretty. And everything's not like dark and gloomy and, you know, dangerous and <laughs> trying to kill you all the time. Oh, there's so much more, and this is just the stuff that you see in nature. If you go down into ruins, you can see a whole bunch of stuff. And then I just launch into a tangent about the stuff I was seeing under Silver Key. <laughs> he is, like, like 100% invested in everything you're saying. And, his, like, like if you could see actual sparkles coming from his eyes, that it would be happening. You, you have silent image. <laughs> Why are there not actual sparkles? <laughs> <laughs> because he's so wrapped up in the story. All right. So yeah. Scriv. It's day seven, let's say, and you were cleaning my pieces. On the one hand, you're you're studying that one piece really intently. I'm like, oh, I guess she likes that particular piece. On the other hand, just enjoying having some company with the Cataclysm set. And I just look over. So we've been on the road with them. What do you think? Well, you know, trust is something that comes really easily to me, so definitely 100% trust them. But aside from that... And I just give in a, a side smirk. I mean, I'm not exactly asking if you think they'll die for us or something, but they don't seem too bad. And I look over at Akiva, he's excitable, but clearly intelligent and perceptive. Yeah, total open book for what I can tell, unless he is amazingly deceptive, which I, I doubt. Overall, I, I'd say I'm pretty happy, considering we got two random allies. They seem useful. I don't know that they fully trust us. Let me rephrase. I don't know if they fully trust me, because I've given them no reason to do so yet. I mean, just kind of shrug. You, you've been you. You do your meditation. You keep an eye out while we're traveling, and that's about it. I don't see how you could have done anything to offend them. Oh no, I'm not worried about that. I think it's better just to sort of let these things play out in their own time rather than to try to force an issue. Just sort of bit observing and hoping that this is all going to pan out well. I definitely, I wouldn't use the word nervous, but I'm a bit apprehensive about our arrival because on the face of it, this job seems very simple and simplicity is a bit concerning when it comes to anything in Amaran. Really? I'm surprised given the way that you were giving the shakedown to the person who was hiring us i can't believe that i i even spoke out that was i i i blamed that game because she let me win so that i could get excited and i let it go to my head it, hmm. i i won't say it wasn't all a ruse a really clever gambit outside of the game but i don't think you should blame yourself you know, I, I know you're always eager to have a really successful game, especially when you get to push a really aggressive gambit, surprisingly. Yeah, that is unexpected. And Do you think that this is just a cover? I mean, not just that game, and not just the meeting, but what we're doing. Y you're right, it is simple, but I'm wondering if we're not, I don't know, maybe they're using us as a cover for something? You mean our two allies, or do you mean the people who hired us? Both? I mean, they're great. And I look over to just where Valen and Akiva are, 
But at the same time, weren't they hired by the person who hired us? As far as we know, they seemed a little surprised by how things unfolded. So either they're... They're magnificent actors or they're just like the same as us. To be fair, if I was going to pick two people to be magnificent actors, that's sort of what I would picture them looking like. <laughs> Side eye over at Valen and Akiva. I'm just reading in a beam of sunlight. Yeah, just like it's like nine at night. Somehow the last ray of it's just one break in the clouds. Yeah. You're right. I guess I was just overthinking the entire thing. No, I think it's there's nothing wrong with giving a lot of thought to what you're doing and what's happening in the world around you. I think we'll just see how things unfold. And I'm pretty confident we'll be successful on this job. We just need to be vigilant, as always. So let me know. Tell me what you're thinking and what you're feeling, because you pick up on stuff that I wouldn't. Do you think we're going to be able to go to where we need to, to drop off this relic to Amara? Of course. We're not going to lose focus on our own goals. This is a a side mission. Yeah. Some pocket money to help us, you know, stay in a nice inn once we get into town. We have stayed in some pretty terrible inns, and I'm not a fan. So I am. Um, I think we made the right choice by taking this on and by pushing a little to get something extra. And after we drop off the relic, we now have the prospect of something to do afterwards. Yeah, this will be fun. I'm looking forward to seeing what a city is like. Oh, if you're going to see a city, this is quite a city to see. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be great. It will. So on the 10th day of travel, as the sun is beginning to set, you see just over the next hill, the walls of Amaran. And as you approach, you notice the 20-foot-tall stone walls that surround the city, and you hear the noise of, of a city very much alive. As you approach the open gates, you walk through as several people are coming in and out, and passing by, you notice the, the guard station there uh, all kind of give you a once-over, and then just stare at Akiva. I, I, I would I would mention I have my mask on. Hood up and mask on. Whenever we go to a new city, that is standard practice. Yep, they are still staring at you. Yeah, it is a bird mask. <laughs> <laughs> you need to have a Passing l- apothecary. Yeah. <laughs> Street magician. He's a performer. I am indeed, actually. It's true. I forgot about that. You can... <laughs> you got I forgot you Akiva. actually have a cover for dressing like a weirdo. Yeah, it's it's part of the job. Oh, sorry, I totally forgot. Have we been having any interactions with Lazarus, or have you kept him pocketed? Oh no, he's he's pretty out all the time. Is he out right now? No, because it's a new city. Okay, we've had words. <laughs> we, we've had this discussion before. I mean, yeah. we didn't we didn't give a vignette to interactions with Lazarus because it would basically boil down to petting the tiny pseudo. So thing. you do notice, like Lazarus just kind of hangs about and just. And does react to what people say, as if he does understand what you're saying. And obviously I talk to him quite a bit, actually. I chuck him treats. Just a, just a side question, is Lazarus with you when we play? Like, are you honestly asking Lazarus what move you should make? Yes. <laughs> That's adorable. So, <laughs> like, as, as you'd be playing, Lazarus would be just kind of, like, on his shoulder staring at the pieces, and you would just hear... And be like, and just stare. Got a good point, right? Okay. I assume that that Akiva has won a couple of games because of this assistance. 
and we have implemented just a gentleman's rule of let's keep this between us and not bring your tiny dragon into it. Okay, I'll, we'll let him watch, but I, he I can will watch, take but no sidebar. No sidebar. Is that a standard gentleman's agreement? Your tiny dragon has to watch. <laughs> I just appreciate the absurdity of having this tiny dragon whisper directions in Akiva's ear to the point where Scriv eventually notices. Wait a minute. Your dragon's feeding you info. You're the puppet master here. (laughs) You know what this means. Eventually, Scriv is going to play against the dragon by himself. I mean, that's a given. (laughs) Oh, boy. Anyway, DM, are the guards stopping us or just staring at us rudely? They're giving Akiva kind of the up and down look, trying to really figure out what's going on with him. But they don't seem to be making any indication to get in your way. So I'll kind of give him the nod, and then can I, like, flick a card into my hand? Oh, gosh. <laughs> Pick a card, any card. So you're just oh. flicking a card into your hand? Well, like, like, like it, almost like it appears out of nowhere. Like, <laughs> Roll sleight of hand. Okay, oh, yay, sleight of hand. I'm very sleight of handy. I just realized I have proficiency in this. You do, because you're a street magician. 17 total. Each of the guard kind of has a quick look of surprise and a little bit of amusement. Like, like, oh. Yes. Interesting. And they stop paying attention to you as you kind of, like, just seem to make it appear in your hand. Scrib quietly applauds. <laughs> All right. Well, Go, Colts. Well Good. You're getting better at this. I know, this right? Good. You handled that remarkably. There no one fire this time. Yes. All right. Great. So, as you guys enter, you notice upon the walls, there are several guards walking back and forth. You see a couple of ballistas stationed there, but as you walk in, you walk into a very busy uh, city street uh, directly ahead of you. You hear the sound and noises of people bustling and moving about. How many people? A lot. So many uh, people. Okay. As would I kind of be looking over at Scrib, just kind of assessing how he's doing, because this is way more than I think they've ever experienced on their travels just for sheer human population or there are a population. lot yeah. this is a lot bigger than i thought it would be how much has it grown in say the last decade in the last decade it's grown a decent bit you, you could probably say like you know maybe it's at least like a fi- uh, like a 30 to 50 percent increase okay so it's a it's yeah. a good bit livelier all right oh, wow oh. all right welcome to amaron yeah i'd lead over to scriv you okay there's just a lot going on right now all the people dress very differently. Like, everyone has different types of clothing from everywhere, and everyone is talking in just a different tone and accent, and I can't count the number of swords right now. Okay. Yeah, don't don't count the swords right now. Just try to just tune all of that out, okay? Let's just focus on the next thing we need to do. Yeah, my hand's probably gonna go into my pocket and just kind of hold the little prayer stone that I have and just you see my lips moving as I recite just the adages as I try to focus. Okay. I think I'd lead over to to Valen and say I think we need to find a place to stay for the night. I was just about to ask you if Elizabeth had provided us any indication where we would be meeting or staying. Otherwise last time I was here I did know a few places there near the port uh, which may be not the best for our friend Scriv here, but I do know them. Otherwise, we could find a place. Do you know any place that's out of the way or a little quieter? DM. <laughs> There's actually, you know, of having been here, you recall three inns in particular and a couple of taverns uh, that are nearby. 
One of the ones that by the port that was actually very nice was the Riverside Inn, if a bit pricey. Mm. One of the ones a little farther away, closer to about the center of town, would be the Thistledon Inn, which is a much more reasonable rate and tends to be fairly, fairly nice, comfortable, nothing special, but... How expensive was the Riverside, you said? Make an intelligence check to see if you remember, specifically. I can do that. Well, well not just to remember, but he could probably assume that prices have gone up a little bit since. Oh yeah, there's a there's a general assumption. This yeah. is a, a this is a combination. I am yes, wisdom. Yeah. <laughs> I have wisdom to know that. Yes, that's true. <laughs> Do I have a good memory? That <laughs> one. So yeah. It was well, pricier. <laughs> it was expensive. It was at least in the gold range. Oh. You don't remember how many? All right. Yeah. No. Then not enough that I'm really willing to cater to Scriv that much to pay for him to be that comfortable. So, Thistledon. Yeah. All right. What part of the city are we in right now? You're at the northwestern gate. You know the docks are located to the east. What is surrounding us? Is it just like residential houses? Mostly or? housings. Directly okay. ahead of you, as the, the there's a main road. And as the road heads off straight ahead, you notice a much larger stone building. And you do notice uh, several guards kind of just going in and out of the building as you kind of are, are standing there debating. Okay. Did Vaila mention the, the inn options in character? Oh, absolutely. I would have one. Okay. I think the Thistledon Inn sounds, if it's reasonably priced, probably a good choice. I, I think we need a, to get out of this craziness for a little bit. And we need a place to stay tonight anyways. But it's so cool! Right. In that case, let's have Scriv pile in behind me. Belinda, you can keep him moving in case he starts panicking. Akiva, I'm, don't get lost. I'm, gotcha. and I'm not that bad. I will move forward through the crowd using my bulk too. Just get us through the press of people. <laughs> okay. Initially, you uh, I'm assuming you just follow in the main road through it uh, as you are traveling in an overall southeasterly direction through town. Um, as you do, you notice off to the south a very large, very nice-looking building, almost like castle-like in its design. And you recall that this is Arbor Shade Academy off in the distance. Uh, but it towers above most of the other buildings here. As you kind of go more towards the center of, of the city... You do pass by uh, the marketplace where they sell most of the fish that they've caught in the day, as well as other just little baubles and and food and little tiny trinkets and things of interest. Is that all closing up for the day since it's like dusk now? I assume they people seem are... to be like kind of trying to draw in whatever last uh, customers they can. But overall, you get the sense that they're they're about to get ready to shut everything down. You know what? Food might calm Scriv down. Scriv. Yeah. Scriv. Uh, I. I. Yes. Hi. Yes. Mm-hmm. How do you like fried fish? I never had it. Well, okay. Detour to the market. <laughs> There's always a stand selling yesterday's fish fried. Absolutely. I think it's a port town. What else do you expect? Exactly. And what are you going to do with fish that didn't sell on the first day? Fry it up for the next. So I assume that as we go over to the side market and as things are closing down, that the flow of traffic, like people are going away from this district. You see a lot of people heading kind of out of the district as uh, they're either heading home or to an inn. But this place is getting less and less busy the longer you are staying. Yeah, so as we go to the areas that have fewer people, I just start calming down. I'm able to quietly take in my surroundings again. Okay. So do we make a deal for some fried fish for all of us? Because it'll be as great a cook as I'm sure Valen is. It'll be nice to have something a little different, a bit varied in our in our diet. Yes. Yes. Yeah, it doesn't actually take you too long. You find an older half-elf who 
very, you know, very tan skinned, uh, definitely has like a sailor build to him, you know, muscular, lean, and he's got several uh, different fish that he's kind of has displayed and is willing to cook for you then and there. Okay. I'm going to observe intently as I haven't seen anyone deep fry anything before. How much for a platter? Sampling of everything. I want these guys to get a taste of the city. <laughs> Claps his hands together. Well, um, for sampling of everything, I'd say, uh, let's see, I have uh, this salmon and a trout here. Just a little bit of everything. I'd a silver. Done. I slam my silver down. Belinda just kind of looks over to Kiva like, you... That was all right. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so he... Guys, I'm really hungry, and it looks really cool. <laughs> takes the silver, takes a, a few of the fish over, draws out some knives, fillets them very quickly, and uh, puts breading and gets them all set up, and carefully cuts enough to give a good sample that all you can try each fish that he has and deep fries each one takes just a few minutes really as he starts to pull them all up place them all onto uh, a little little kind of tray that he has and places them up on his counter and says please enjoy all right so if there's enough for everyone to sample try some whatever fish you want i will get us all a nice meal that way we can turn in for the night and approach our job rested in the morning. Mm. So I think that's extremely prudent. Yes. Dive in, everyone. Choose a fish. Salmon. And I will just surreptitiously pass the fishmonger five loose silver. So I'll just pass him five silver, which I assume will cover actual meals. Absolutely. And, Easily. Uh, and a tip. So That's that's more enough for any, any meal he has. He... Thanks, you Grace. Oh, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. And he sets about, as you guys kind of pick and choose what your your favorite is, sets about getting a, a full meal out for you. I'd like to lead over and ask him, what's the latest news from around Amaran? We've just arrived in town. Well, nothing too much. There's been actually a, a series of undead to the south of us that a uh, little bit concerned, but walls are strong and usually they're taken care of very quickly. Our, uh, our constable's very good at that. Um, we do hear, and he kind of leans in a little bit as he takes a second after putting the fish in the fryer. We do hear that there's this uh, this famous cleric coming in. You don't say. My ears perk up. Yeah. No, it's it was supposed to be all hush-hush, but I mean, you know, sailors talk. Word gets around. I understand. Not sure when. I think it was supposed to be coming in today at some point, but I haven't heard anything yet. But I did just get back in from harbor like... Uh, noon? He wasn't in before that, but I've been here ever since, so... What, what causes so much excitement about this cleric's arrival? Kind of looks back, he's, he's, he's a cleric. I mean, takes, there's, huh? well, there's also the rumor that he's a bit of a pirate, so, you know, Harbor Security's not exactly excited to see him, but he, they haven't proved anything on him, so... Hmm. Hmm. Mm. Out of character, anyone else can jump in and also talk to this guy if you want to ask questions. Yeah, please feel free. This fish is delicious. It's so different from game. (laughs) (laughs) I've never had fish before. Well, I'm sure you would have heard something if someone so exciting had arrived in town. To think I thought Amarad was a place of exciting people with the academy here and all. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you know, apparently Thoven comes and goes as, you know... He has business elsewhere, and there's always the... I guess you get used to the the explosions in their training yard, but 
Did I the, hear explosions? Thoven? The Thoven? Well, yeah. I mean, he comes and goes, but... But... Hmm. I wonder <laughs> if I can get him to sign one of my pieces. <laughs> like... I wouldn't recommend you lead with that. Ah. Screw. Mm. But it, it, it's literally walking history. I also don't think people generally respond well to being called walking history. Mm. Just as a rule. I think Phelan is probably right about that. But you know what, Scriv? We'll put it on the wish list. I mean for it our in travels. the best possible way. <laughs> the wish list. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure Scriv has a travel wish list of things he wants to do. <laughs> yeah, but... Like, fish wasn't on it. No, but it should have been, huh? It should have been. I just take another bite of fried fish. These would go great with potatoes or something. Fried potatoes? I mean, sure. What's a fried potato like? I imagine he gave us something on the side. I paid for meals. Yes, no, he gave you some some carrots as well. I think it's that thing right there. I'll point at it. That's a carrot. (laughs) But it looks fried. Well, I mean, I I take a bite and... No, it gets all floppy and... Just... Confirmed temper carrots. That's happening. Yep. <laughs> Sir, I didn't quite catch your name. Oh, my apologies. Siloway. Siloway. The cleric coming in. Yes. I may wish to speak to him, actually. Servant to servant of the divine. Whom does he serve? I haven't actually been able to get a good answer. I've heard rumors of him, but... Honestly, I'm not sure. I would assume Fumera, since he's on the sea so much. Well, I keep hearing that. I'm going to say that's right. You know, you'd have a little bit more information on him is probably Constable Oga. Constable Oga. Grand. Would that be at the Harbor Patrol, as you previously said that we're keeping an eye on him? Yeah, um, you'll be able to find her at uh, the port barracks, I'm sure, if not patrolling around. And he's assuming that the sailors worship who? That he worships Vumera. That's what I thought. Mm-hmm. But I uh, didn't want to... Didn't want to assume. Yeah, yeah. Who's that deity? Right. <laughs> Who's that deity? Are you, <laughs> are like you asking or do you want to roll for it? No, yeah. Can I make a history check or a religion it's, check? Uh, religion. Okay. Can I make a religion check? Yeah, you we can. all want to make yeah, a religion Yeah, you can all make religion checks. Religion checks. Uh, instead, I actually want to help Belinda, just kind of comparing my notes. Okay, yeah, you can start pulling out a book that you have. Yeah. That's more So, real quick, Akiva, what'd you roll? I don't want to jinx my rolling, but I'm rolling really well. It's a 23. Okay. Belinda, you have advantage since Scriv's helping you? That helped, because the first roll was a 4. So, 25. Okay. And Valen? 23, but it was a nat 20. (laughs) Oh. Guys, we are so religious. (laughs) I am so religious. (laughs) Wow, I wasn't <laughs> expecting all of you guys to roll that well. <laughs> Thanks, Griff, for the help. <laughs> I am a student of religious history. Really? <laughs> all right. So all of you know that Vumera is the goddess of nature. She has uh, many different types of forms. A lot of times, a lot of people see her as kind of one of agriculture and in order to help you know, farms and crops. Others see her... Also kind of uh, chaotic in, in nature. So a lot of times she's as lady of the forest, a mother of the sea. She is a, a, tends to be a nurturing deity, but occasionally a lot of people see it as when she gets angry, storms occur, crops wither and die. So very, very chaotic in nature overall. Uh, but those who worship her tend to pray for good harvest. Where is she from? Her realm is in the Feywild. Okay. Hunter deity from the Feywild. 
Hunter Harvest Deity. Hunter Harvest Deity from the Feywild. Okay. That is important to me. Yep. Yep. Otherwise, we we know uh, is, I guess, worship of her pretty widespread. Like, this is a pretty common. This is very common for, especially for farmers and such. And many sailors uh, pray to her in order to have uh, safe travels. Where are you guys, are you guys going to keep talking to him or are you about to head out? I assume he's per- kind of worth that last customers of the day and he wants to close up shop. I, I mean, he's uh, happy to ser- uh, help you guys out and serve you more as you did give him five silver. But yeah, you definitely can tell like there's not a lot more people down in, in the market right now. I'm pretty good at eating, finding accommodations and then perhaps uh, getting ahead of things a little bit and finding this Olga character before we go to sleep. That way we can at least try and get notified when someone shows up. I think that's promising. I think we're yeah. pretty close to where, I guess, the barracks are right now, so we could go there first rather than going to security accommodations. I don't, it doesn't sound like the inn will be full. Valen, you would know that uh, where you're headed is actually fairly close to the port barracks that he was talking oh, about. Oh, okay. Fair oh, okay. Right. Even better. Yeah, the Thistledon yeah. Inn is like maybe a 10 minute walk from port barracks there. Well, thank you, Way, for, for your information, your help, and your delicious food. You have been a great welcome to the city. He bows a little bit like, thank you for coming to my shop. I really appreciate your business. I just nodded him. Nods back. Popped the last of my food in my mouth. Thank you for our food. Set off to walk away. Mm-hmm. He smiles and just says, glad you all enjoyed. And at that, he kind of starts cleaning up and uh, you see him start to pack stuff away. Okay. Off we go, okay. I think. All right. Cool. And that is where we're going to leave this episode for today. Thank you all for listening. Please share this with your friends and follow us on Twitter at Rules is Written, or check out our website, dndraw.com. And feel free to email any questions to the DM at dm at dndraw.com. Also, subscribe and leave us a review or a comment anywhere podcasts are found. Catch you later. Hey everyone, today we are highlighting Plus One Pen of Smiting, a talented artist who creates, among other things, amazing cartoons for many of our favorite actual play podcasts. They live draw along their favorite podcasts, game streams, and genre media and share them with all of us on Twitter. If you follow us on Twitter, we hope you saw some of the hilarious cartoons they drew from episode one of Serviceable Plots. They are now on Patreon. Their patrons can enjoy appreciation, discounts on commissions, and character drawings. If you're interested in supporting their work, check them out. That's plus one pen of spiting on Twitter at pen of smiting or on Patreon at www.patreon.com slash pen of smiting. We'll be posting all the links in the show notes. Please go check them out and show your support.